Welcome to Tucson New Thought. Yesterday, we, we, the, the, yesterday there was a committee meeting for the center, and in the morning we we're, you know, well, I guess it was noon. We we had the meeting, and I hadn't determined what song I was singing today. And then after the meeting, we did some errands, we did some stuff, we went about our day, and finally at about five o'clock last night, I thought I should really probably figure out what song to sing. And started working, well, I started actually, looked, I mean, I have so much music. I started looking through all the music and nothing really felt appropriate and nothing felt appropriate and nothing felt appropriate and nothing felt appropriate. And I came to this song and I thought, oh, that would be nice, but oh, that, then I have to track that all out and I have never, uh, so set that aside and I kept looking and nothing felt appropriate. And, but I kept coming back to this and I kept coming back to this and I thought, well, clearly there's something in my mind that is attracting this song to me for the purposes of this experience today. And I started tracking it all out. You know, I'd create these music tracks to sing to um, on my own because this is not a song that you can just go on iTunes and buy a karaoke track. So you have to create it. And as I was working through it, I then started thinking about that experience at the Rito River and really saying, am I working with or against the current? You know, the thing about the stone that is the metaphor for us is that when we're in the flow, when we're in the current, to be awash with this divine nature, to be awash with love, smooths out the rough edges that we all have. And that's the journey of life. That's the journey of life. And so I give myself over more and more and more to that today. That's my lesson. That's my lesson to, for me. <laughs> it's not the lesson for you. It's not the lesson I intended to talk about today. It's the lesson for me, what I need to know right here, right in this moment that it is time for me to let my rough edges be simply washed away again. Now, the thing that caught me off guard as I was singing it was the lyric. It's, um, change takes time. That, that caught me today. And, you know, I've sung, like I said, I've sung this song a million times. That caught me today because I had this thought in my mind at that moment of, but does it really, does change take time? We teach in this philosophy that healing is an instantaneous process. That it happens the minute we have aligned our mind with spiritual truth, this is what we teach, that healing is instantaneous. The demonstration is instantaneous. What it looks like in the world of form is demonstrated perfectly, instantaneously, when we are at that point in mind. So what takes time? Oh, the process of getting my own mind to that place. That's what takes time. I'm not 50 yet. <laughs> but part of the practice, you know, we, we, the, part of our, we state in our mission that we are here to teach practical tools for personal transformation. Those tools, when we embody those tools, that's how that's the time we are taking to get to the point where we've shifted our minds to such a degree that it begins to become habit, this new way of living. And that's what we're all seeking, I believe. 
We're all seeking to shift the tendency in our mind toward that which is only constructive and loving no matter what. No matter what we perceive out in the world, our minds know a deeper truth. So are you having any challenges in life? This is a rhetorical question. You do not need to raise your hands and tell me what they are. Are you having any challenges in life? <sighs> you are in charge. You are in charge of accepting the wash of the divine, that wash of love, to strip away those rough edges so that you can become that smooth stone that's with the flow, going with the flow at all times. It's a tough thing to have to take responsibility for that because sometimes we want to say, but it's their fault or it's God's fault. I do that because that's an old paradigm for God, right? But if you are God, which is the philosophy, we teach that there is one power, one presence, it is infinite. That means it's, we are that because if we're not that, then it is a finite thing. We cannot be separate from the infinite. We're part of infinity. So we are God, each and every one of us. We get to allow ourselves to be awash with that loving presence because that is who and what we are. The more we accept this, I believe, I believe, I believe, the more we accept this, the more life gets easier. So I'm going to continue with the Declaration of Principles, as I've, I've spoken the last two weeks on aspects of the Declaration of Principles, and the first, the, 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 where we are in that list of, uh, of principles is this. We teach that the ultimate goal of life is a complete emancipation from all discord of every nature, and that this goal is to be attained by all. Yes, thank you. Anita, if you haven't picked up a Declaration of Principles, uh, you are welcome to one. Again, these are principles that were written. These are beliefs that were written by Dr. Ernest Holmes in 1927. They are printed each month in Science of Mind magazine. I have chosen to not state them as we believe because he stated them as I believe. I don't know what you believe. I only know what we teach. This is what we teach. So I, I replace we believe with we teach. We teach that the ultimate goal of life is a complete emancipation from all discord of every nature, and that this goal is to be attained by all. We can either attract our good or we can deflect it. We can either attract our good or we can deflect it. Interesting that he says the ultimate goal of life is a complete emancipation from discord. Complete. That means that we would walk through our lives no discord whatsoever. It would not cross our path in any way. It would not be what we watch on the news. It would not be what we see in the streets. It would not be because it wouldn't exist any longer. Discord would not exist. This is up to each and every one of us to be the point of view from which that consciousness moves forward. So our job in this philosophy is to walk through life as love and kindness. Because where we begin the mental work of not allowing discord in our own lives that expands from our center into the rest of experience. And we affect those around us as well. The, the, you all know when Harry met Sally? And so you know the scene, right? I'll have what she's having. You know that scene, right? <laughs> okay. The philosophy of new thought is exactly the same thing. People look at us and they think, wow, those people are so happy. 
They are so happy, and their lives seem to be unfolding beautifully. I'll have what they're having, right? But how do they, how do we each and everyone, how have we gotten to that point? We have allowed ourselves to be in the flow of love and kindness. That's it. We can either attract our good or we can deflect it. It is not about the experience ever. The flow of life is not about the experience. It is about our conscious relationship to the experiences of life. So I can look at the news, and I do, much to my husband's chagrin. He hates politics, and I'm a political junkie. I watch the news all the time, and I listen, and I know what's going on, and I hear, and I hear, and I hear, and I hear, and I hear. And there are days when I say, I need to just let it all go, which is good because then I can let it go and step away from it and know that I am love and kindness embodied no matter what. Because I am not subject to what I see in the news. I am the receiver of the information that knows that I can do something about what I see in the news. And what I do about that is done first and foremost in my mind, in consciousness. So my conscious relationship to the experience of what I see happening in the political world is to be loving kindness no matter what and act accordingly. And then take the action steps that flow from that point of view. And I'm, you'll, you'll, you'll note I'm being very careful not to say that I'm on one side of the equation or the other. It doesn't even matter. Whatever side of the equation you are on, if you are led by loving kindness, then the flow of life must flow forth perfectly in alignment with your good and for the good of every single person around you. Because I believe if we are in loving kindness, we can do no harm to others. That's what I believe. For complete, for complete emancipation, there must be self-awareness. So here's my question. Who do you think you are? Now, I say every week, you are God. I say it every week. But do you believe it? Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Whoever you think you are, that is who you are. It's as simple as that. Whoever you think you are, that is who you are. I used to be shy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the, really? I used to be shy. I still have my shy moments, but that's how I presented myself to the world because I believed myself to be a shy person. I have, choos I've chosen. I have chosen to let go of that belief. I don't need to have that experience of life. It's not the experience of life I would like to have, but it would be okay if it was. I let that go, and I allow myself to be the gregarious person. I don't have to be shy. Who do you think you are? This is the infinite journey of new thought. It is a constant uncovering of who we think we are and a constant uncovering of who we think we are because here's the thing. We are aware of about 10% of who we think we are, and we're unaware of about 90%. And so the pulling up to the surface, what is in that 90% is the work of new thought. It is the work of spiritual practice. So that as we are illuminated, as we come into that deeper understanding of who we are, we get to then take action through the power of decision to do something about what we find. Who do you think you are? <laughs> Which then makes me think of RuPaul. Do you know RuPaul? RuPaul is a drag queen. 
very famous drag queen, and RuPaul has a song, Who Do You Think You Are? We're all born naked and the rest is drag. <laughs> That's a spiritual truth. It is a spiritual truth. Every decision we make is some form of drag that we are putting upon ourselves in terms of how we are going to be in this plane of action. All of it's drag. Doesn't have to be gender, different gender expression, but this is drag. What I'm wearing today is drag. I don't know why drag is becoming such an important thing for me right now. We're all born naked, the rest is drag. That's a great spiritual lesson. We teach, this is the next, this is probably the sixth, seventh, eighth, eighth, eighth one on your eighth point on your list. We teach the unity of all life and that the highest God and the innermost God is one God. <laughs> this is the basis of what I'm saying all the time. <laughs> I mean, I, there's a part of me that's like, we are God. That's what he's saying. We are God. I don't feel like there's anything more I need to say there because I say it every single week. I don't need to harp on it. So let's go to the ninth point. We teach that God is personal to all who feel this indwelling presence. We teach that God is personal to all who feel this indwelling presence. Bless you. It takes a lot of guts to stand up and be yourself. I think that's why I'm attracted to the spiritual words of people like RuPaul, because it takes a lot of guts to be who you are in this world. It doesn't matter what your expression is. To just be you takes guts. We spend a lot of time trying to hide. Something to just think about today. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter your race, color, ethnicity, sexual orientation, disability, sex, gender identity, expression, uh, uh, or, or national origin. None of that matters. That's all drag. What I want you to know is that in this place, wherever we end up physically, in this community, you have a place where you belong. Because I walk through life with loving kindness. That is my choice. And so I look upon every single person I encounter with loving kindness. That is my practice. As I look upon people with loving kindness, I recognize and see only the face of God. That is all I see. So whatever way you've chosen to be today, I know one inherent truth about you, and that is you are God. In this place, you are honored and cherished, and this is important to me. God is personal to all who feel this indwelling presence. So here's my question. What do you feel about God? What is your relationship to God? that infinite power that you are. Are you walking through life knowing that wherever you go, you belong? Because you do. Because if you didn't, you wouldn't be there. If you didn't belong, you wouldn't be here. That's the nature of creation. You cannot create from nothing. You must create from a consciousness that is loving and says, yes, that's, the, that's, that's what we teach. Now, I'm 
I've got a little caveat to this. A little caveat. And the caveat is this. I am not promising that there will not be times where being you won't be easy. I will never promise that. You get to decide how easy it is for you. There may be. There may be times where it's not easy. I still have times where it's not easy to remember who I am. But I work at it every single day. In those times, here's the reminder. God is personal to all who feel this indwelling presence. God is personal. There is no expression of God greater or better than any other. There is no one of us who is closer to God, although we've been taught that there are people who are closer to God through whatever it is. You cannot be closer to that which you are because that which you are, it, it, it's, 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 you cannot be closer to God right now in the same way that you cannot be closer to your own skin. You can't. It takes guts to say that you have a belief in something greater than the self and that that greater thing is who and what you are. I think, so I'm, I'm, I'm in the LGBTQA a plus, I'm in that community. That's, that's part of the way that I identify and express. I talk about my husband, which, you know, frankly, 20 years ago, that would have been a, that would have been a greater challenge as a minister. I wasn't a minister 20, 20 years ago. But that would have been a greater challenge than it is today. Today, I am free and open to express, and I do so because it's no big deal. It takes guts to stand firm in your own truth and to say that you have a belief in something greater than yourself. Whatever you are going through, it is right. Oh, gosh, nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear that because then we look to the things that don't feel so right. We look to those things. But what about everything else? We don't pay much attention to what we perceive as going right. We tend to look at the things that we don't feel are going right. It takes guts to look at those things and say, this is right, and I know that there's something I can do about it. It takes guts to call that greater thing than the self, God or spirit or divine creative energy. It takes guts to put it out there and then claim a personal relationship to it because you are it. Spirituality is not for the faint of heart. not. It's easy to walk through life without feeling a connection to something else. It takes, it takes guts to walk through life knowing that you are connected. One of the complaints we get in this philosophy, and we do get complaints about this philosophy, the way we teach this philosophy, the new thought paradigm, the religious science branch, my personal uh, expression of it, um, and my training, one of the complaints we get about this philosophy is that it is cold and impersonal. Here's why. On the surface, it can seem that way. It can seem that way. And the reason that it can seem that way is because we talk about an impersonal law. We talk about an impersonal law. Yes, the law 
The law is no respecter of persons. It works exactly the same no matter what. It is constantly creative. It, that's all it does. And we talk about how we utilize the law because we're religious scientists or we're new thought practitioners, whomever we are, we utilize the law for our own purposes and that can seem really cold and distant because we're going to use it specifically, scientifically. What people tend to forget, I believe, is that yes, the law is no respecter of persons, but there is nothing more personal than love. And love and law are two sides of the same coin. Ernest Holmes says, love points the way, the law makes the way possible. So that indwelling presence, that indwelling presence that we each of us share is simply the presence of love. That's it. That's how we make this personal. This infinite truth is personal. Love is personal to all who feel this indwelling presence. If we move to anything other than love, we have stepped away from the presence. So how can we be more loving today? Infinite truth is personal. That's the talk title, by the way. It, capital I, capital T, is personal. Infinite truth is personal. Do you know who Graham Moore is? No, you probably don't. Graham Moore won, a, won an Oscar in 2014 for writing, the, uh, for writing the adapted screenplay for The Imitation Game. That movie, the story is about Alan Turing. He was a British mathematician, a computer scientist. He cracked the Enigma Code in World War II, and he was gay. And so part of the play of the story was his struggle with that in the 40s. He, he ultimately took his life, he, he, he took his own life in the 50s after he had been, after he first of all cracked the Enigma Code and helped bring the end of World War II around and then he was uh, convicted for the crime of being gay, which was still a crime at that time. So Graham Moore wrote this screenplay and when he was accepting his Oscar, he said this. When I was 16, I tried to kill myself because I felt weird and I felt different and I felt like I did not belong. And now I'm standing here. And so I would like for this moment to be for that kid out there who feels like she's weird or she's different or she doesn't fit anywhere. Yes, you do. I promise you do. You do. We do. Stay weird. Stay different. And when it's your turn and you're standing on this stage, please pass along the same message to the next person who comes along. Powerful words. The crowd went crazy. The crowd went crazy. The internet exploded. And there was an interesting phenomenon that happened. Everyone assumed that Graham Moore was gay, and he's not. What he was saying was a spiritual truth, that we must be willing to step forth no matter what and be exactly who we are. It's a lesson 
and how assumptions can be made so quickly. It is a lesson about how we can so quickly see someone as an other rather than recognizing and know the inherent truth that they are the presence and power of love and kindness. What is our go-to? None of us, none of us is an other. Not a single one of us. We are all one. We are all the embodiment and expression of infinite truth. Infinite truth is personal to all who feel this indwelling presence. So in what way will you today step forth and make it more personal for you if you choose to do so? Because again, I can only provide what we teach. I can't tell you what to believe. You're at choice. That's why I always tell people the first book to go to, The Power of Decision. Infinite choice is the great gift we have been given. Let us live from that point of view. Our personal expression of God as God is just that. It is ours. So who do you show up as today? Who do you show up as in this moment? Are you someone laden with fear? Are you concerned about what other people think? That's a big one. Are you ready to show up authentically? Are you ready? You can answer that if you want. Are you ready? Yes! Yes! Perfect, because infinite truth is personal. Stay weird, stay different, and when it's your turn, please, please pass along the same message to the next person who comes along. Namaste. Thank you for listening. Visit TucsonNewThought.org for updates on everything that's happening at the center. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram by searching Tucson New Thought. Namaste.